is the Business Cast, the podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and companies with velocity, and powered by the DMZ, the world's leading tech accelerator. Here is your host, Canada's leading business podcaster, chartered accountant, CPA, and business strategist, Robert Gold. Once again, from high atop the Business Cast Podcast Center, Toronto, live and in the morning, we're way off to the northwest. I can see Ethel, Ontario, which happens to be my grandmother's name. I'm Robert Gold, managing partner of Bennett Gold LLP, chartered accountants and CPAs in Toronto, and this podcast is powered by the DMZ, the world leading tech accelerator at dmz.ryerson.ca. And I'm really excited. Isaac Olawalafe is with us. Isaac is a founding partner of the Black Innovation Fellowship at the DMZ and the president of Dream Maker Inc. Isaac, welcome to the Business Cast powered by the DMZ. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here today. I am really excited to get into this with you. So let's just step back a bit. Why don't you tell us about yourself and first how you came to found Dream Maker Ventures? I've been in the business space for going on 15 years now. Dream Maker Ventures is a venture and private equity arm of Dream Maker Inc. Dream Maker Inc. is a company that I started 15 years ago in my second year of university. Started off just in the real estate space, and over the last 10 plus years, went from a real estate brokerage to property manager to a real estate development company with our flagship project, a nine-story building across Yorkdale Mall. Then we invested in an insure tech company and leveraged that technology to launch insurance brokerage, Dream Insurance. And then four and a half years after studying the maiden market and where the economy was going, we decided to launch Dreammaker Ventures to invest tech ecosystem and some of the brightest founders coming out of Canada. Let's talk about the Black Innovation Fellowship at the DMZ. I'm really curious because this whole thing has taken me a bit by surprise. I've been in the entrepreneurial field and consulting with entrepreneurs through our firm at Bennett Gold for a long time. Why is this focused opportunity necessary? Why is it necessary now? I think it's necessary because when I started Dreammaker Ventures four years ago, we obviously saw the demand for technology and innovation within the Toronto tech ecosystem, but also more importantly, the economy in Canada as a whole. And as I was going to all the various incubators around the city and around the GTA, I started to notice sort of a lack of diversity and inclusion. And even if you look at some of the funding that came from the government, the federal government, when it came to technology and innovation and even incubators, they also put a focus on diversity. Even though there was a focus on diversity and trying to increase diversity, there was still a lack of racialized minorities or underrepresented founders within those incubators and within those funding programs. So through that and working alongside uh, President Mohammed and Abdul and other members of Ryerson at the DMZ, the whole idea and aspect of launching this, the Black Division Fellowship, came about. Now, let me ask you this. It's the Black Innovation Fellowship, and let's give the website. It's dmz.ryerson.ca slash BIF, Black Innovation Fellowship, BIF. Are there other groups going to be included in the fellowship, or are you trying to restrict this just to African heritage? Just individuals that count themselves as a black individual, and 50% will be female-led businesses, but really is across the board, but with a focus on black entrepreneurs. Why would you say that generally there is a glass ceiling, in fact, the expression we can use, although you generally find that in a sexist environment, but why would there be a glass ceiling to black innovators and entrepreneurs in Toronto and in Canada? What's the problem? 
without knowing what the real reason behind is, all I could say is why I think we haven't seen more black entrepreneurs succeeding or in the incubators or raising capital is basically a lack of access, access to the top incubators, access to top VCs, and access individuals that could help mentor them and give them traction with specific industries that they're trying to penetrate. The reason why the lack is there, I'm not specifically sure why, but again, just based on myself being in business for the last 15 years and being in the tech ecosystem for the last four and a half years, that's just something that I've observed. And that's something that I've had a lot of entrepreneurs within the black community approach me and ask if I could help them in one area or the other. And I would ask them, you know, why don't you apply here? Or there's this grant or there's this funding partner, or why don't you reach out to this VC and typically it's always a lot of roadblocks and challenges in getting through the door. So we felt that this is something that we should do and we wanted to make sure we did it in a recognizable incubator and institution to sort of help with breaking that barrier. Well, I certainly agree that mentorship is key and advisory boards are key because that gives more mentors into the community. It's certainly, as you're talking and I'm thinking to myself, there is a lack of black innovative mentors and role models in the Toronto community, that's for sure. And imagine that's your observation across the country. And that's really what it is. We're trying to increase that. And that's why we're excited about this program, because when you look at what is going to produce in five years. It's going to be at the minimum 50 black-led businesses. The sixth year is going to have 50 black-led businesses, mentors that can now be available to mentor and help guide the new cohort that's going to be coming on the sixth year. We're excited about that, but also the collaboration with the whole tech ecosystem as a whole. This is not something we wanted to do in silo or outside of the ecosystem, but we wanted to do integrated with the ecosystem because it's a blanket of diversity, whether it's black-led or female-led or from other communities. So the idea is to have a full integration, but we just felt that we could start that by first specifically targeting this. Now, I know you're familiar with this U.S. study that came out in 2016, but the key point was that 1 million jobs and $300 billion in combined income does not materialize because of biases faced by founders from racialized communities. Now, that's the U.S. stat. It's a couple right. years old. What do you see as a financial and monetary effect being felt in Canada as a result of those same biases? I don't know the exact figure, but it's definitely a substantial. And again, I think it's just lack of understanding and lack of having a direct impact and a direct channel into those communities and knowing what's the best way to get into those communities, communicate with individuals from those communities and sort of collaborate with the best out of those communities. And that's why we've been working with many organizations, including the TMC, to figure out the best channel and the best funnel to be able to cooperate and collaborate with individuals from the black community when it comes to tech, when it comes to entrepreneurship and other forms of business. You know, I have the thought that there may not exactly be racial biases in Canada, but there are opportunistic biases, which are a little bit different. Whether you agree with me or not, what what will the BIF, the Black Innovation Fellowship, do to combat and eliminate those biases or those lack of Canadian opportunities? It's integration, and that's why we didn't launch the program out of one of our offices that we have around the city, but we decided to launch it at one of the top incubators so that we could have a full integration. And really what it is is to showcase that there are black-led businesses, black-led entrepreneurs, and founders around the GTA that have the ability to raise capital. And really what it is is a network. When you're able to get exposed to a network, when you're able to get exposed to a different type of environment, that's when you're able to make new friends. That's when you're able to make new collaborations with different communities and different cultures. And what 
we're really doing is opening up that door for individuals that, for one reason or the other, just don't have access because of where they grew up or their environment or where they went to school or where their parents or their other family members grew up or reside in. We're breaking that barrier down. And through that exposure into this new environment, we feel there'll be more collaboration and a more showcase on some of the best businesses that are coming out of the community. So if we're to pull out the crystal ball and look five years down the road of the BIF, what do you see different in five years than today? How does the picture look? Well, I think there wouldn't be a need for BIF, and, and that's really our ultimate goal, really, to have no need for the actual BIF. Um, it's just like when there was a push and a focus on female joining boards, joining executive boards, and being pushed by not only corporations, but by the government. And the idea is hopefully that's not even something that needs to be pushed. It's just something that's just normal within the business world and within the corporate world when it comes to executive boards. So that's what we see and hope for five years that through this type of collaboration and programs, it exposed VCs to a community that they may not have been exposed to. It exposed other incubators to entrepreneurs that they may not have been exposed to. And then there's full collaboration and there's not a need to actually put a specific label in around it. So this podcast is heard across the country by entrepreneurs and innovators and managers. What is the one thing that those non-black entrepreneurs across the country can do to open the door to our fellow colleagues, our innovation colleagues, who are right now racially biased against or opportunistically biased against? What can we do across the country to ease this burden? Just more collaboration. The stats have shown it, and even in the U.S., and even though the stats are coming here out in the Canadian market, that more diverse executive teams, more diverse founders, a different perspective for a product gives you a different market and generates higher revenue. Stats are out there, so it's not just a social aspect, but it's an economic aspect as well. Individuals outside of the black community, what they could do to help increase this awareness is really just by looking at a whole landscape of who are the best individuals that could come on their company, both from a consultant point of view, a founder point of view, a co-founder point of view, an executive point of view, because they'll be bringing a different perspective, a different market analysis. At the end result is a higher percentage of economic goals. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, share the link that the DMZ has put up on on the show note page and share this with other entrepreneurs. Isaac, I'm going to put you on the spot with my favorite question. It's a soapbox question. And for you, it's this. What three things can you share with our entrepreneurs, again, across the country, when it comes to fighting any and all challenges to personal and business success? Three things that come to mind. Great question. Number one is having a desire to sacrifice. Growing up, sacrifice my sleep, working 12 to 4 a.m. every day at UPS throughout my whole university when I started my first business. So I sacrificed sleep and took that capital to launch my business. So number one, sacrifice. Number two, be an expert. So regardless of the industry that you're going into, try and be an expert in that industry so that you could speak on that industry and have full knowledge of that industry. And number three, learn to collaborate. Collaborate with all types of individuals, all types of communities and cultures so that you have a greater perspective of the market and all types of markets you can penetrate with your product. I love it. Isaac, is there any one thing that I didn't ask you that I probably should have because this whole topic took me somewhat by surprise? What did I leave off the, the conversation? <laughs> the questions were definitely great. I think you've hit all the major targets and you know we're just excited to see how the impact of what we're doing at the DMZ is going to have on the tech ecosystem, but it's on the economy as a whole. Well, if you're interested to know more, it's dmz.ryerson.ca slash BIF. Isaac Olawalafe, founding partner, Black Innovation Fellowship at the DMZ. Isaac, thank you for being a guest on the BusinessCast.
Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to future collaboration. And until next time, I'm Robert Gold, Managing Partner at Bennett Gold LLP, Chartered Accounts in Toronto. If you want to know what a great CA firm can do for your accelerating business, check us out at bennettgold.ca. And you can find other great episodes of this podcast at dmzbusinesscast.com. See you next time in the morning, everyone. And good night, Ethel, Ontario. been listening to the business cast powered by the dmz and brought to you by bennett gold llp chartered accountants and cpas incubating accelerating succeeding you need bennett gold check them out at bennettgold.ca that's bennettgold.ca